What's your mate? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know this is Kevin from the Chord Progression Podcast, the gateway to new rock and metal music, where we're inspiring young rock and metal fans to discover new music and feeling their desire to connect and feel accepted. And if you want to connect and feel accepted by a band, ooh, Lordy, is this going to be one for you today? And I cannot wait for you guys to listen to this one. Before we jump in, though, I want to thank our sponsor, which is Phoenix Fitness. Yeah, my mug is somewhere with the Phoenix Fitness. I don't even know where it went, but okay. So why is Phoenix Fitness a sponsor? Why are we, we know all about them? It's all because of the thing called Mosh Pit Fit. Yeah, use that as a hashtag and tag us and all that stuff. So what is Mosh Pit Fit? Well, I love going to concerts. I love feeling present in the moment, like going and just going to the Mosh Pits and going absolutely nuts from start to finish. And I mean, from the first opening band to the last song of the, of the headliner. Like I'm constantly, I'm not taking any breaks, but I got to make sure if I want to do that because that is what makes me genuinely happy is I have to be in shape with my fitness goals. So that means I have to say mosh pit fit. So I go to the gym a lot. I lift a lot. I will go and do as much car as I possibly can. I will make the most out of it as, as possible, but I need to also make sure I'm preparing and recovering right to achieve those goals of saying mosh pit fit. And if you have fitness goals as well, you need to be able to repair your body and recover, prepare all that kind of stuff. So that's where Phoenix Fitness comes in because they have many different products to help you achieve those fitness goals and say, mosh pit fit by their products. So they have different like pre-workouts, both stim and stim free stuff. I use their stim free stuff because guys, I'm energetic as all hell. I don't think I need any extra caffeine or stimulants. So I use their stim free stuff to get the good, the pump. Yeah. They also have different beast of the recovery compounds to help you absorb the nutrients into the muscles post-workout. They also have different creatines, different types of protein plant-based protein, collagen-based protein, whey protein, which is what I use. I use their chocolate malt flavor because that's good stuff. Multivitamins, literally anything you might need to help achieve your fitness goals or be like us and stay mosh pit fit. Phoenix Fitness has for you. So our listeners, viewers, and followers of the podcast can get 20% off using the code CPP20 at fxfit.com. Link is in the description below. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness. Now to our feature presentation with Luke from the band Happy Days. And I got to say, this one is awesome. This one is really awesome. Connecting with all the emotion around music and just the ideas, different philosophies. Luke's got it. This is a fun one. Are you guys ready? Let's go! Yeah. Well, 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 ladies and boys and girls, listeners of the Chord Progression Podcast. I got to say, there is a great, great person out there named Tabitha. She works for both Thriller and In Vogue Records. And every time she sends me a band, I'm like, I need to, you know, bring this band to the podcast because all these bands are always incredible, always amazing. I love talking to them. And we've got another one rolling out right here. And they're coming to us all the way from the UK, which is just like even more awesome. And the fact that our man here right now is doing this at literally midnight, his time when we're recording this is just absolutely incredible i'm very thankful for it. this band has a brand new song called faded which will be out by the time this episode comes out so go and listen to that song right after we're done with this podcast but please please welcome luke from the band happy days to the podcast so luke welcome to the court progression podcast how we doing man good to meet you good to speak to you it's good to meet you as well how has everything been going in your world i mean again faded out you guys have released two songs for 2023 already i mean Things seem to be going really well, so just confirming it. How's it going, man? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's going really, really good. It was a it was a really long process of getting this last record together. So finally seeing it out in the world is a is a very gratifying experience. Cool Boy was it was 
we we were toying between what we were actually going to release first. We didn't know what the song was going to be, but I think we made the right choice with that. And yeah, I love love the reaction to it so far. It's been awesome. Oh, I think you guys definitely made the right choice with releasing Cool Blue first. We kind of jump in that now because I've been listening to that song for a good amount already. Not just today, but like ever since it came out because it has a very... Like, I love the flow of it. So when it came to Cool Blue, because of course, the first song you guys released in 2023, what was that role like? What was the um, reception like from the fans? And what were you inspired by when you came to writing this song? Because I'm always curious to see how this stuff turns out. Well, like the contrast from the last time that we had released music was when we had played two gigs like our first two shows because our first like year and a half as a band was taken up with the inability to play any gigs so we played our first two shows on the run-up to releasing our first ep we released our ep and then we went out and played a bunch of gigs with neck deep and uh, boston manor and then with rome and over that period of time we were obviously gathering fans like, out in the real world so compared to when the last time we'd released music, it was like, you know, twice as many people listening on the first day. And like, we had played that song on tour as well, like while we were in Europe. And there's a bunch of people who'd heard the song already and like, been able to go back through and like look through our Instagram stories and see that and like see the progression of the song from like being in the studio to going and playing it and then see that out. It's just, it's, it's awesome, man. It's the reason that you do the, the whole process of being in a band is it's to see that end result. And we got there. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. You guys got there. And even when I was listening to Cool Blue 2, I'm just like flowing with it, vibe with it. The first time I heard it, I'm like, what's going to happen with this song? What's it going to come out? What am I going to feel like with this song? Because I am never really sure what goes on there. But then right when I heard it and I felt, I'm like, I've felt this feeling many times before. And I've always felt it when I've been like, you know, you're watching movies and for some reason, this just kind of gave this calming feel to like, if I was watching a movie and all of a sudden, if this song got interjected into like a, like a, like a classic, like 2000s, like maybe like teen comedy or like, you know, just like one of mm. those comedies, like Euro trip or road trip, or I'm trying to think of some other ones, like even super bad. Like if you would have included in there and just kind of had this like really weird feeling of just, you know, at the same time, just accepting something at the same time, mm. just like, you yeah. know, this is okay. Lot, this is okay. A lot it of felt like described that. The, a lot of people describe the sound as like very nostalgic, but mm -hmm. like it, it is nostalgic because it's, it's elements of music that we all grew up listening to like you know we're not going to shout about the fact that we're all like 28 years old like that means that when we were listening to music as teenagers it was like you know like the rise of bands like my chemical romance and like panic at the disco mm. and like the emo phase you know like over in the uk it was like funeral for a friend was like the band you know and you had to write like super heavy emotional songs and i think that like we've just <laughs> well i've i've not got out the funk of like just like don't know why it's just like the inability to write like a happy song you know everything just has to be like brutally emotional like every single time but uh you know it's like being able to let the music like carry a different kind of emotion and have the contrast going on i think that that's what gives us like a little bit of an edge and like mixing like the modern production styles that like not mm. a, well you know like not a lot of people are cutting about playing like 808s with like trap hats in 2007 but it still makes you think of like songs that were getting released in 2007 because that's that's the sort of stuff that we were inspired by you know and beforehand as well you know being like whatever you get when you're like 10 years old your first pop punk album mine was american idea <laughs> but i don't think we have any fucking green day in our stuff okay this is this is kind of scaring me a little bit because you're talking about your first pop punk album at 10 years old was american idiot 
I'm not sure if you're describing you or me at this point right now because it's no. the exact same thing. It's just what it is, isn't it? It's like there's it was for me it was like the HMV advert of that on on the TV of the video and I was like, what's that? And it kept on coming on and on and on. And then I remember seeing it in a Tesco, just like a, a supermarket on like the shelf of like the chart. And I was like, can I get that? And I got it and like just absolutely rinsed it. And just never, right from the- never listened to the whole thing though. I was really bad with that with albums. I would get an album and then just listen to like five songs or <laughs> like six songs that I pushed, but there would always just be some songs where I'd just be like, nah, and just skip it every single time. Oh, it was kind of the same way too when I was younger. I mean, of course, the American Idiot, like right from the get-go, it starts out with American Idiot. You hear that guitar riff right from the get-go and it's, it was just like, it was the guitar riff that brought so many kids into that scene right then and there because it was, I don't know what it was. It was just something that we could easily just like grab on and just, this was ours now. Like this was our sound and we just absolutely, even though Green Day had been around for how many years at that point and are still around doing this stuff, it's, it really connects, but I understand what you're talking about too when it comes to your music where it does have something, you know, people are going to have some nostalgic feels to it, but a lot of it comes from it's the music that you guys were influenced by is a lot of the music that they listen to too. Like we're all like kind of one in the same at that point. So we connect on that, but with the modern production styles and also with your other influences, well, the way you create music, it does sound like, you know, it has those nostalgic pulls, but it's not banking on, your music isn't banking on that nostalgic pull to bring people in. It is banking on, you know, you're writing emotional stuff that has that kind of flow to it where, yeah, it's going to be deep. It's going to have a lot of meaning behind it, but you're also able to get into it where you can enjoy it at the same time too. And it's at the same time, it is impactful, but life isn't as, life is like, you know, life, no one gets out of life alive. So why take it so seriously? Yeah, totally. And like, I think, I mean, like maybe, maybe we run the risk of that a little bit because of the, uh, like, you know, some of the lyrical content can be a little bit like when you actually pay attention to it, it's quite heavy. I never really think of it like that when I'm writing it though. It never like, it's never really this, I mean, like more often than not, the process is like, you'll start, like, I, I'll almost always start with like some form of like guitar riff or something. And then like, bit of something to like keep the beat on known where it gets kind of flowing then when a melody starts it's always a melody first like a lyrical may become like cool boy was a weird one actually because it's like the song was like kind of in my head and there was just these like couple of lines that i wanted to use we wrote it just after coming back off the neck deep tour so i was like super inspired to be like, we're gonna write the best shit that we've ever done now this is it and um i think i, I do think that like it finds its meaning once it's done. If you know what I mean, like you have you have a couple of lines and like, well, what am I talking about there? It kind of like working backwards like that. It's comes from the subconscious. So yeah, but that's always why it's probably so fucking emotional. <laughs> yeah, or maybe I mean it's just coming from the subconscious, but maybe it's also a point in time too where you're starting out with those riffs and you're building instrumentals around it, and then you have an idea for a couple like a line here, a line there. But what you're doing is at the same time, because I've talked about this with other artists and even myself when I'm, you know, listening to stuff, this always ends up happening where I'm just feeling the way that the instrumentals are flowing because the way the guitars are being put together, the way the drums are in the background, the way the bass guitar works, the way all, any kind of production is put in there as well that you're trying to work with, what ends up happening is, is it creates a certain emotion. It creates a yeah, certain yeah, feel yeah. that you're going across. And when you're trying to write lyrics towards it, you're trying to write that theme around there, write the message of the song, the story of the song subconsciously it's 
the way the instrumentals are being put together, you're picking up on the sounds and you're connecting them to those specific emotions that you're feeling. So then it's going to connect to certain pieces in your brain. That's what's going to come out as the lyrics come out as the vocal melodies to maximize Absolutely, on that. Man. And then, I really, I really like the way that you say emotion because that's I've been I've been kind of describing a lot of it like that recently because I think that that's the way that you can translate what you're feeling like you know like I want it to feel like this I want it to feel like that. And I think that's when when people talk about like oh like pop songs sound easy and all that like the ones that really really resonate with people like it takes a long time to be able to decide like that's the that's the bit that like that's the sound that makes you feel that thing like it could be the same melody on twenty different instruments but it's the twentieth instrument that you tried that it was like that was the sound that got me where I wanted to get and make me feel the thing that I wanted to feel or like even better yet like effects and stuff like that like we're in the studio that we're in this week uh, Jim got this pedal. Can't remember what it's called. It's like vinyl something. Can't remember. But it's like it just makes it sound like it's running to like a, a warped like vinyl machine. It's, but it's not got that like it, it sounds like still really, really crisp. And it's just having that warble in the background that you can play just like a really simple like three chord sequence mm-hmm. and like you know, you just want to cry, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm just feeling this right now. I don't know what it is, but I'm just yeah, yeah, really yeah. feel this. And if you don't try out those many different ideas, you don't work out those like many different sounds that you might be able to work with you might not get to that point where you might have the the melody down. You might have the pattern. You might have everything down in the way you want to sound, the way the notes are, how the pitch is. You might have everything figured out perfectly. But when it comes to actually putting it out there, maybe you're trying to listen to it and you put an instrument on there and it just doesn't work right. Mm-hmm. Also, maybe you want to change something. Maybe it's like, maybe it's the drum pattern. Maybe you're just hitting this. Maybe you're hitting one of the top, like one of the toms on top of the drums, on top of the bass, but you want to hit the floor tom as well because that might just give a deeper sound to it. Not as deep as the bass, but the floor time, it just gives a deeper sound, might bring forward more of this forceful sound and maybe force a certain emotion that you're feeling out into the forefront so that when you get to the next part of the song on that transition, now you're absolutely feeling it and emotionally you're kind of pushed into it at the same time as well. So you're really flowing along with the rest of the song. And then when you're writing the lyrics to it, you feel that push and now all of a sudden now you're going from one spot to the next and emotionally, maybe you're thinking about something that's a little bit heavier in terms of the topic. But that little like extra hit from uh from the from the floor tom just pushes you forward to go yeah, into something yeah, yeah. even grander because it's kind of that extra oomph subconsciously mm. to get to that next point in the uh in the emotional story you're creating. Yeah, 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 totally. And I think like like sometimes you go into it where you're like, hey, I've got this, like, this is the idea, this is what I want to do. But sometimes like it's just like it's like anything you've just got to practice so like when you sit down and you, you've not got the idea but you still want to work on something it's like it's that whole like fuck around and find out idea like just like play something add something else to it how's that sound hmm, it's not too good try something else like i'm i'm most of the time where i'm working on something it'll flow and if it's flowing that means it's worth like continuing to work on but mm-hmm. if like i've been at it for like even like half an hour and i'm not moving on to like the next bit it's just staying as a loop I'm just like, right, kill it because like loops are great, but until it's got like a melody and like lyrics, it's it's not really doing very much. It's not a song yet, you know? It's not got that potential to move on to something worth listening to or even worth being like, this is something. Yeah, because if, if the other thing too, the thing about that is if you're stuck on it when you're writing it, if you're stuck in that loop and you're continually stuck on it, I get trying many different things and trying different ideas at the same time. But if you're constantly stuck on it, you're not sure what to, but it's like, oh, but I like it it might be time to kill it. Just if you're not able to figure it out and it's not flowing naturally, maybe all of a sudden you figure out something and it could be incredibly complex 
and it just doesn't sound right when after you you know put it out there fully recorded or you and then when or your mind's just set. not in that zone like you're in a specific zone you had an idea like it happened to me earlier on today i was like i've had this guitar line in my head for a little bit i got onto the computer recorded it in put a bit of drums and stuff on it and then i was like yeah this sounds cool don't really know where i'm going to go after this fucked about for a little bit and then i was like you know what this is this isn't actually going to go anywhere so there's no point in stressing myself and tiring myself out before i've got to go do this all day again tomorrow so but like maybe to, maybe tomorrow night it'll work like you know the session still sits there and it's like that happened during lockdown like all the demos i was writing were just like q and then like the next number again in the demos so like the songs that we've released so far like like bad taste was q12 with you was q13 but like with you is a great example of that for like i wrote all the music in a session and i sat down i was like yeah this is great and i couldn't think of a vocal line and it was like a year later maybe not quite a year later, it was like six months later that I came back to to the song and I was like, no, actually, no, this is really good. We were just like, we would try to work something out, what we're going to do in the studio today. Like, oh, let's record drums for that song. That'll be cool. And then I was like, yeah, this is great. What what, what should we actually sing on this? And they started like vibing it out. And then it was just like, why did this song like sit there? You know, why, why was this not going to be a song? And like, again, like Q8, which was just a beat. It was just a loop that is now one of the songs on our next record that we've recorded just just the riff like much faster but like the riff was great and it was like right what are we going to do with that take everything else apart from it that bit's great turn it into another song so it's like everything's useful but like i think the whole thing of like punishing yourself to like find a song or like finish a song too many people are inspired by like when they when they hear people quoting like the beatles for like you know like, the beatles finished every song that they wrote like <laughs> you don't have to be john lennon and paul mccartney you can just like write a lift and go like, you know what, this is fine, save, end it, you know. Yeah, it's like, it's I've fine. Loved, Jim said to me today, normally like when we're recording stuff, I'm the guy that has to like, I'll record it and then like I'll edit and that everyone else can chill or whatever. And then because I've just, we've self-produced for so long and I'm the one who'll sit on the computer. But like we recorded some vocals today and he turned around and he's like, that's you, go live your life. <laughs> and I was just like, love it. So yeah, that's what that's what more people who write music I think need to do. It's just like take the break every now and again and go live their life mm-hmm. and just like get inspiration to come back and like write good songs. Yeah. Don't because, punish yourself with the loops. I'll say because if you're not getting that inspiration, maybe you wrote something and like you said, you know, it comes out and it sounds fantastic, but you just can't think of what to, you know, put over. You can't think of what to say over or how to sing over. You can't think of how to build off of it. And maybe it's because you create it and it works. But mentally, the headspace that you're in, maybe you're, maybe, you know, you're in a, it's a little bit of a song or sound that really fits for a more sadder vibe, a little bit more of a heavier vibe. And you're just in all happy-go-lucky territory because, you know, oh, maybe the sun is out and it's a real nice day outside. And, you know, ooh, I want to go, you know, I want to go pet that dog kind of feel like I'm going to go pet that dog. But it's, it's that kind of thing, though. That's like, those are the, those are the moments where it's like, if you're sitting there, and inspiration just isn't striking don't punish yourself but the one that you do have to like the rule that you do have to live by is like even if it is like the best day in ages outside and that's really difficult to do when you live in scotland and it's like the sun shines like three days a year and like you look outside and it's like scorching weather you've got plans everybody's like ready to go do something but you've got a riff in your head and you know that like as soon as you sit you can like it's starting all the sections are coming to your head and you're just like oh there goes that day you know i'm stuck inside because i've got to work on this like you like take take the opportunity every time it comes yeah because you never know when that opportunity is going to strike again or if the opportunity will ever strike again it's i hear i've heard comedy writers and just like comedians talk about all the time where 
they get an idea for a joke to pop into their head. And if they don't write it down right away, or they don't like speak it into their phone or their voice memos, or even for vocalists, or they get like the idea in their head for a specific melody or a certain pattern, it's like, you know, just kind of just, you know, harmonize and just like kind of just go, ah, whatever mm. it is. All of a sudden it's, you know, you're able to come back to it. And maybe you forgot about it or forgot about the idea. You don't want to just take that idea and just potentially lose out on it because you got distracted or something, but always you'll be able to go out and get that inspiration when you're stuck at the same time as well. Cause like, you know, what if it is a song that really calls for something that's going to be heavier, more emotional. And it's one of the three sunny days in Scotland where it's like, okay, my mindset is definitely not in. I have to finish this, but maybe what if I go outside for an hour and just walk around and see what happens? Maybe inspirational hit me. Maybe not. Maybe it doesn't hit you that day, but then the next day it's all, it's rainy and gloomy. And all of a sudden now you're in an emotional state where you're really connecting with that sound. And now you're starting to feel it in much more of a, you know, I'd say impactful, much more of a heavy way where, holy shit, I now know where I want to go with this. I now know what I want to say. Let's keep rolling on this. And now that inspiration Mm. is flowing and now the wheels are turning and you're going and you're just, you're just flying at that point. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think, uh, I do think when the inspiration strikes, it's like, it's because of something though. And like you're in that zone. Mm. It's uh, there's there's with what you were saying, like you know, like comedians like having to write things down and stuff, like rappers and like I guess like some songwriters, like No Gallagher is the guy that comes to mind. Where it's like he he doesn't write anything down, like and he 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 writes like whole songs in his head, and then he'll go on a guitar, and then he'll pick it up and he like play and sing it for the first time, and like. Like there's a song that he's got called "Dead in the Water," and the take that's on the record is after like a full day of recording. He was like, "Oh, can I just put an idea down that I've got in my head?" And he done the whole song one take, and then they overdubbed some piano on it. But that's it. And it's like when you have that context before listening to that song, like you don't even need that context because it's an incredible song. It's a really, 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 really good song. But then you have that context, and then you're just like. There's like those small moments. It's not every single time, but like that's the proof of like how prolific somebody like that is. And um, I was watching a uh, was watching a video of uh, I think it was Rick Rubin talking about Jay Z. Pretty sure that's who it was. And like they play him a beat, and he's like sitting there, and he like has an idea, and then he goes like he's like listens over like the the beat over and over and over again, and then he goes in the booth, and then he just does it, and then he does it again and again and again, but he's not written anything down. And like, there's great examples of it as well. And have you, do you know a guy Kenny Beats? I know the name, but I nothing comes to mind when it comes to music. So I just heard so the name he's before. he's a he's a really cool producer, like DJ, musician, like just like all around like really interesting creative. And like he puts out lots of really cool visuals with everything that he does, like super cinematic. And he has a YouTube channel, he Twitch streams and all that, like showing how to beat make. But he produces a bunch of bands, and he. I can't. I can't actually quite remember the where I was going with that. But like to to check him out, you should. De- oh yeah, with the whole thing with rappers, um, check him out because he's he produced Idols. I don't know if you've heard of Idols. He produced their last record, and they're like a crazy, like they're a crazy, like really like just like like I watched the guitar tutorial of them once, and they described their song as as a Kanye West wrote an ACDC song, and I was like, <laughs> right, okay, that's that's really interesting. And like as soon as you hear it, you're just like, yeah that's that that is what that is cool 
but yeah, he has this show called The Cave where he gets guy he it's like a videos the whole process of like he's just like chatting shit in the studio, he's making a beat for them. What type of mood are you feeling in today? And they're like, All right, I feel this type beat. He starts making that and then he puts them in the booth and then like people freestyle. And a lot of people like write bars, some people do it like total shit because they're like they need more time to be able to do it. But there's a couple of guys who've been on it where they don't write anything down, they're just sitting there like vibing away, chatting away, like take a couple of puffs on the doobie before they go into the the booth and then they they just like spit for like you know two minutes and it's like genius like that's the stuff that i have no idea how people can do that requires a lot of just like inner reflection inner thinking inner peace being able to like silence everything out of the monologue and focus on just like this is what i want to say i think that's quite a difficult thing to do quite a lot of the time the world's a busy place life's a busy thing to do to be able to like zone it out is a a big skill (laughs) It is a big skill and it is hard to, for all the time, especially just to be ever present in that moment where you're just focused in on, you know, whatever that beat is, whatever that instrumental is, whatever that guitar riff is, what's the emotion that's coming of it? How is it making you feel? What kind of inspiration are you getting off of that? There's a lot of other things that happen that come through in our mind the world. Maybe something's not going right at, at like maybe, you know, we're having some financial troubles. Maybe we're just having emotional trouble. Maybe just things are just not in the mind space that we need them to be in. And we just can't block everything else out to get focused in on there. It happens. There's not a lot of people that can just, you know, like Noah Gallagher just can't come up with a full song in his head and just block everything and still remember it and then do it in one take. We're not, there's there's very few rappers that could do exactly what you said, where it's just listen to a beat, go in the booth, completely freestyle, and then just that's it. Like that's what they're killer at. But it still speaks to the point where everyone, especially no matter who they are, whether you're a rapper, singer, songwriter, or you're just some average old schmo like myself, knowing exactly how your mind works and understanding that, you know, if I have an idea for something, I have a motivation for something, how can I capitalize on that? And how can I make sure that that idea continues to move on after that initial inflection point? Because even for Mm. myself, it's, I have sometimes great ideas and it's like, okay, I remember I keep going, but I've got so many other things I have to remember to do, whether it's for the podcast, my full-time job, if I'm going to a concert, sometimes I get my best ideas in the middle of a mosh pit, which is absolutely hysterical. And Mm -hmm. I always forget to write them down, but I'm always so present in that moment. By the time the show ends and I'm walking out, I'll still know what the idea is and then I'll be able to write it down there. But if I'm just like working out or something, I get the idea, oh shoot, that's a good idea. Problem is, though, I'm usually doing cardio and then I got to go, I'm lifting weights or I'm going to the sauna afterwards and now I'm thinking about other things and the idea goes away. So I should be having like, literally, I should be working out having a pen and paper writing down ideas for stuff. But it's all about knowing totally. how your mind works and being able to capture those ideas and capture that inspiration and knowing when you have to, you know, when you can remember it and knowing when you have to make sure you save it for later, basically. Yeah, totally. And like, um, like it's, the, it's always the most inconvenient time, isn't it? And it's mm-hmm. like for me, it's like right as I'm going to sleep. But it's it's not like it's not that sense of like you know like you want to get up and it's like go oh, that. It's just like you start thinking like I guess it's like as you're starting to dream and your mind starts to wander and like maybe you maybe in your head it just seems better. You know, it's like you're about to say, oh yeah, these are the best ideas that I've ever had or whatever. And then you you know you fall asleep and that's them. They're gone forever. But I think that uh, yeah, maybe that is you have to let go to kind of like to like find the clarity you know well just think about i'll say well just think about this because you're talking about you know you get you got ideas like right before you go to sleep and for many people right before they fall asleep it's their minds are clear it's their minds aren't thinking about Mm. really anything else their minds are present to that moment with me when it comes to really being able to 
get those ideas. I always get my best ideas again when I'm in the middle of a mosh pit where I'm at the most present I am ever at because I'm just so focused on enjoying the moment that's in front of me. Or if I'm in the gym because I'm focused on one thing and one thing only, that's the task at hand. So I'm present mm. in that moment. So the inspiration is able to come through because I am just being I'm, I'm open to everything else because I'm being present. I don't have all these other distractions coming in and filtering in to potentially take these ideas and have them run amok or block them from ever coming in. So it kind of seems like in those moments where we're able to just be at the most present are the I, are the mm. moments that the greatest inspirations come, whether no in whatever creative space or whatever space you might be in that's, you know, even whatever mm. you're working towards, whatever your mindset. It's interesting that we got onto this because, like, this is, is – it is in like so many ways like what this the next song that we're writing is about it was the first song that we wrote for the record and it's like it's about that sort of it's like laying your cards on the table expressing that honesty of that like you are a bit lost you are a bit uncertain mm -hmm. with everything and everything is a bit too much and everything just kind of like stacks up on top of itself and like nothing's clear and it's yeah a, a lot of the like the whole the whole idea of like the happy days is like is is the life that you're living truly making you happy or are you just going through the like the day-to-day -day, like going through the motions going through the cycles of like wake up go to work do the things that you like you know you want to do what you're prioritizing what's important in that and it's like when you when you really start thinking about it, it gets a little bit too sort of like you know like am i doing that because so many people aren't so many people just like a decision happens and another decision happens and like you just end up not doing the thing that like when you were 14 years old, you're like, that's what I'm going to do with my life. Or, mm -hmm. you know, like even when you're like 18 years old and it's like, as you start getting into your like, mid twenties, early twenties and like other, other factors coming to play, like real life, you know, like paying bills, like, do you want to have a house? Do you want to have a family? Do you want to like, you know, see your friends or do you want to dedicate all of your time to going and like going in a van and going, <laughs> going around <laughs> with like, your, your boys and, you know, getting to experience things that like ordinarily you wouldn't have. And like those sacrifices like come into play and every i think everybody writes about them in some way or another it's pretty prevalent in pop punk not a lot of people tend to write about it in you know happy pop songs because not particularly a like, happy subject but it's like it's what they go to you know i know a lot of bands who that is their their sort of majority of it's their running commentary is talking about like life on the road ours, ours isn't so much that because like we've not been on the road yet like we, we have obviously we went and played shows and stuff last year but like you know, we I don't think we've even played like forty shows yet as a band. We've released we've released a lot of music, but we've like we've we've only been touring and playing shows for a year. And in that period of time, you know, we toured the UK once, done Europe, done a couple of European and UK shows. We're about to go back out and do another couple of UK shows at the start of next month. I'm really really looking forward to that because like this this is what we're in for. We're, we're in it for playing shows. Like it's it is the funnest part of it, and like. Even just in that one year, you know, like we played in Cologne at the start of the European run last June, and then we went out again in September, and there was a bunch of people at that show, like enough people to go like, holy shit, we just drove from Edinburgh to Cologne, which is like a thousand mile drive, and it was absolutely worth it. That's amazing. I love it how you didn't even blink when I said thousand mile drive, and it's like, for us, that's <laughs> mental, you know, that's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, when you said thousand miles, because even I'm thinking too was I went to um what festival was it? It was uh, Welcome to Rockville here in the United States. It was I forgot how long that drive was. It might have been close to maybe sixteen hundred miles from where I started to where we finished. And I'm just like, yeah, that's that that's normal. A thousand miles, you know what? I've done that before. No big deal. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Like this the scale of the journeys that we have to make. Like I've I've, I've never been to America. 
from what I've been told, it's like you need a car just to get mm-hmm. covered, oh, yeah. to get to all the different places that you're going. Whereas like where I live in Edinburgh, again, like capital city, known all over the world, like I can walk like the entire distance of it, like everywhere. And like it doesn't stop like the city, like it's just like, you know, you've got your shops, you've got your roads, you've got like the bus which goes everywhere. Like there's buses all the way around. So like there's you don't even need to own a car. It's pointless because parking's so expensive. So like yeah, it's so funny when people are, I, I loved that. Like, just like anybody else who I would say, like, yeah, yeah, we drove from Edinburgh to Cologne on a thousand mile drive. And you're just, you know. It's like, yep, that happens. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, I've done that before. And it's, it's, it happened. It's fine. I mean, I think there was another one where it was, I went to a festival in 2021. It was, I think that was about maybe 900 miles, I want to say. And it was just like, okay, yeah, we we did it. We had we had some troubles for that one, but it makes sense. But what you were talking about, just you know, you know, the inspiration, just especially from the pop punk side of things, it's a lot of those songs tend to have a little more of the emotion too. They're just based off where the emotion of the song is coming from. Especially, you know, you're talking about things that you're, you know, you're thinking about. A lot of the times you we go back to, you know, the times when we really got in this music for a lot of us was in those like years between maybe 10 to 18 years old when we really were into music, really got stuff. And we had those ideas. We had those dreams. We had those wants. We had those we had those feelings like, you know, we're going to go out and do something with our lives. We want we're going to go out and make sure that we're not going to have, you know, the most basic life you could possibly think of. But mm. then all of a sudden we get into our 20s and we start to fall into certain ideas where all of a sudden, you know, if mindset's changing, if you want to go have a family, have kids and just live the kind of that, like, quote unquote, normal life, if that's what you want, by all means, go for it. If that's what you really want, then you're winning life if you're doing that. But if you're just kind of going along and it's, you have all these wants and desires and I want to go out and try and do this. I want to go out and try and want to do this, but you feel like you have to keep up with certain things or it's, oh, now I got this responsibility. Oh, now I got a full-time job or I only get two weeks off a year. Uh, hmm. and they just kind of lose out on that passion it's just I, I don't know what it is it's just it's it kind of gets to be in fury but when we listen to the pop when we listen to pop punk it's like we hear about those songs about life on the road we hear about even music as well we hear about a lot sometimes those trials and tribulations but it's more real and it's more raw but at the same time it's there's a lot of us that listen it's like you know what that lifestyle that idea and that want to just do the things that make us happy still resonates with us and inspire totally, man. to and continue I think to that, go like, forward. A lot, of, a lot of people don't think enough about the fact that, like, I'm, I'm really guilty of it. Like, you know, when you're irritable and like you're going through the day to day and like you're getting annoyed at other people who you work with or who you're around and things like that. It's or like, even just like random people in the public. Everybody's just trying to get by, and like when people are like managing to get like and what you would see as a way like ahead of you or better than you or whatever it is, it's just like it's not about that. It's just like they got theirs be happy for them that the fact that like they're able to progress and like because everybody's going through the shit that like everybody has to go through and like just like having that understanding and just being like you know we're all actually in it together and we can all just like accept that like you know unless you're mates with billionaires like you know just like you're like you're all pretty much on the same level and like just like there doesn't need to be that level of animosity and judgment and things like that. And it's like having that level of like inner reflection is like, is important to have not enough people like have enough time to do it. And it would be amazing if everybody could just like give up whatever they had to do like every single day mm-hmm. and do what made them happy and like what they loved. But at the end of the day, the world has also stopped turning at that happened, <laughs> you know? So like, we just got to like, yeah, have that mantra more of like everybody's, everybody is just trying to get by. 
you know. That is a good reminder, especially even for for all of us too, because you think about it from the from my from a band perspective, it's you see those other bands that are doing you know they're doing well that are really hitting off, and it seems like things are going well, but maybe they're just trying to get by at the same time too. Maybe it's just the time that they they hit off, and all of a sudden now they're in that positive space. Or maybe it's they're doing better for than you know you in terms of you know maybe more people are coming to go and see them. Their streaming numbers are better. Who knows? But who knows what else is going on at the same time too? Maybe they're just trying, still trying to find that way to just try and yeah, get by. Yeah, I know, think it's, it's so easy for bands like at the at the beginning stages of their career to like compare themselves to others because like, I I found out this ridiculous statistic earlier on in the year that over. 50% of the bands or the musicians who have released music on Spotify, which is is a pretty reasonable metric to use because it's like the biggest streaming service, over 50% of them have less than 50 monthly listeners. So if you're releasing music and you have more than 50 monthly listeners, then that means that you have more people listening to your music than half of the people in the world who have released music. So that's actually like, that's like a pretty positive statement because a lot of people who are releasing music, like they'll go, you know, we've only got like, you know, 150 listeners. That's three times more than half of the people who release like ever, like who have released music digitally in the last, like, you know, how long, 10 years, 15 years, however long Spotify has been going for. And it's like, that's like a positive metric to look like. like yeah, you're not going to be doing a million streams a day because like, you're not on a major record deal like you've not got like loads and loads of money going into it and yeah you get those like those little blessings but it's like there's always work that leads up to that there's always time that leads up to that Mm -hmm. and everybody needs to put in their time you see a bands who have been going now for like i mean like i saw architects opening for as dying at the garage in glasgow in 2007 when i was 13 years old (laughs) and like they were the first band on and then there was a band called himsa and darkest hour on after that and there was like they were touring i think it was nightmares they were touring and it's like you know like tech metal like not what they are playing right mm-hmm. now but that is that's nearly 16 years ago you know what i mean and now they're playing like wembley and stuff like that in the uk right? like that's that's how long it takes to get to that point and particularly with alternative music and stuff like band like neck deep as well you know like they've been going for 10 years now it shows like they when a band has been going for that long like don broco again like going since what like at least 2008 like properly touring that's again you know 15 years of going at it for a long long time working at the craft mastering the craft touring and that's that's what i just remind myself of at the stage that we're at as well is that like we only started touring last year we were like effectively in our first like real year as a band we're incredibly incredibly lucky to have the team that we have behind us we want to work really really hard to do that life gets in the way of that sometimes like the past year i've been able to do the record try and like get back on track after being away for a month after being away for pretty much a month doing the record and then going on tour like it, it all it all added up on top of that as well like last year was the first time everybody was outside for like two years so it was like getting used to like seeing people and like you're just aware of a lot of people like desperately going back into the world that they thought they were never going to get back to taking on a lot of work and like burning themselves out as a result of it because it was like oh i can do this again i can go out i can go on tour i can record i can like do like production for whatever like seeing so many people just being like all of a sudden towards the end of last year just been like oh i'm dead you know and oh yeah uh, it's it's good I've, i've really enjoyed the feeling of like going into this year almost of like it feels like starting from scratch in a way of where we're like we experience what it's like to be a band and now we're going out to present ourselves of like we have a foundation there that people can go back and listen to 
of songs that I'm immensely, immensely proud of. Like everything that we've released, I love everything that we've released. There wouldn't be something that we would put out that I've not sat and like worked for like literally days into every single song that we've done. And now that we've got that as like a foundation, I think it was really good for us to work on that and then present something that we're like this this defines what the band is now. And we got we got to do like I mean like I don't really know what the situation is about like like yeah, I mean so like I, I wrote some songs with uh, Mike Green, who is like a really, really like yeah, you you know Mike Green, so like he's done like a bunch mm-hmm. of people. And um so like the title track off our new record, like like worked on him with it, worked on him with uh, one of the other songs as well and like getting to learn how somebody like that writes songs and being on such a level with them and like also being able to then like I was I was like rigging in the session i was the one that was like driving the computer he just had the guitar and was just like giving me ideas back and forth and like i gave him there's this amazing plugin called listen to and it was like an ideal during covid because you could put a link at the end a little plugin at the end of your master chain it would open a link and it would send a super high quality audio stream with like milliseconds of delay like anywhere in the world so you could just do sessions live and it was absolutely amazing and um yeah that's that's just how we done it down in the studio and just like, you know, when somebody like Mike is like, oh, yeah, yeah, you work really, really quickly. Like, this is great. And I was just like, you're like, yes, you know, like all this time, all the effort, like it's, it's worth it. And like, yeah, those those songs are the, uh, you, you can tell, <laughs> you can tell that we're like, they're like on a, they're on another level. And that, that mantra was also then brought into like some of the other songs as well. So it's like, it's a level up. It's undeniably a level up. I'm I'm really really excited to get it into the world. I know I don't sound like immensely excited, but right now it's because it's like it's quarter to one in the morning. But it's yeah. <laughs> but no, honestly, like it was it was it was a labor of love, like in every single way. Like the whole process is like something that like I've done it in so many bands. Like it's I think it's quite a unique process to a certain degree, but like the self-produced band has definitely become a lot more apparent, like apparent in the past sort of like five, 10 years as all the guys who were getting into it in sort of like the late 2000s, like 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 early 2000s and the 2010s, when like things like Cubase and like, mm-hmm. you know, Reason and like even Audacity and like Line 6 Pods and like, you know, Superior Drummer and all that, like all these guys, they've all learned and like developed their craft with like that as their songwriting tool. And then like five of those guys all meet each other who've got their instrument and then, but they can all play like everything. So like they just meet up and then they do like rock, paper, scissors for who plays guitar, bass and drums. <laughs> and then like the guy who sings the best, like that's always apparent, you know, he's like flown in from LA every time and like he rigs <laughs> as well, you know? And like, that's just how like all these like crazy super groups are made. Like, and like, there's, there's so many of those fucking like ridiculous bands, you know, like they're just like, you watch them and you're just like, fuck off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like oh. periphery you know what i mean like you just watch them and you're just like yeah absolutely sensational like fuck off you know like it's like like recorded produced mixed mastered by the band and you're just like yeah sounds better than anything i've ever heard in my entire life love it like i will never be that good thanks for that just like, just, like just the big old mix and big old concoction of just everything just yep they found the five mm. guys six guys that just work out that just everything flows together and they can do everything themselves, but they're just masters of the craft, so it absolutely works. Yeah. However, when it comes to you and Happy Days, though, just given the history of the band and the fact that you guys started 
when no one could go outside. No live shows are really happening. Not like it, it, gave, it put you guys in such a different and unique position compared to every other artist that was out there. Because think about it, what artist was starting to band during the middle of a pandemic when the concept of live music was non-existent. Like we didn't know when it was going to come back. We thought it was going to come I back bet, to like 2022. Like I bet there was a lot of people who had an idea of starting a band. And I bet 99.9% .9 of them didn't happen. <laughs> but everyone was like, now's the time. This is when we're going to start the band. You know, we can do it on Zoom. I've got a laptop and garage band, you know. <laughs> but um, I think, uh, I think that the intention was to start the band before it all happened. And then... Like I played in another band, and like that, like was falling to pieces. We were touring for like a few years in that, and like by that point, I'd already made the sacrifices. That it was like, well, this is what I'm going to do for like the rest of my life. I don't want to lose this life. This is this is a unique experience. I'm not done with it yet. So it was like, right, how quickly can I work on it to get back to that? And it took you know, like just over two years, but it was it was very very much worth it and that's that's the thing like so many people i think rush it and we were going to rush it and covid stopped us from rushing it and that was the best thing that could have happened for us because it was like right let's refine the product you know let's like yeah. make sure that it's exactly what we want it to be and like songs that were initially just like demo ideas they were like they became the first singles and then songs that we were like we're maybe not going to use that song like they were like again like some of the biggest songs that we've released and yeah, it was it was just about like it gave us an opportunity to master the craft, and then it was an opportunity as well because we were like, like we went and recorded a music video up in Dundee, which is like hundred miles away from Edinburgh. So we were like, the lockdown rules were relatively lenient. We were like, right, it's work, it's work now. You know, like we're going to work, and then mm -hmm. says it's like we're doing this as work, and like you know we can bear the consequences of it. We're not interacting with anybody that's vulnerable, so like, you know, we can do this. And we went and done our first music video. But at this point, we'd also already done another one. We recorded some stuff at home. And I sent it to my mate in Canada, a guy called Miguel, who is Yeah Films. He's done music videos for like Knuckle Puck and Seaway. And he's just a fucking creative genius. And I love the guy so much. He's just like an absolute legend. And uh, he was doing a couple of music videos, like either side of this, of this weekend, where he had this really, really good camera. And I mentioned to him, it'd be great if we could do something like involving us, but like, it's you like shooting something. And he was like, bro, I've got this camera, so I don't need to pay for the rental. I just need you to like, I need you to pay this actress and then I'll set up this set and we'll do a one shot video. So you guys just like play the video and then we'll put it on a TV. And then he reversed that, he reversed the playthrough. And then she like fucked up this like garage with loads of shit. And then he reversed it. So it's like her like fixing the room together and we were playing straight on the TV. Super simple idea. And we're like, cool, music video one, done. And then done another one. And then we realized like we're, we're sitting here with stuff that people can watch. Nobody is releasing anything. Mm -hmm. So everyone will pay attention. And that was that was the main reason why we done it in the way that we did. And I think it definitely played to our benefit because like by February of 2021, like the lockdown again was like really, really like like tight. But at the in the, the November period, we recorded like three music videos. Like we recorded like a green screen video, like a backdrop video, and something else. 
and we just like got as much in as we could and just like backlogged it as and like gathered as many skills as we could to be able to do this stuff ourselves because we had to do it ourselves because like we weren't allowed to go and do it and it was also like we didn't have the budget for it like we were an unsigned mm. band just starting out we weren't working a lot like there was no there was no work the world was shut down and then yeah four songs in we um we heard from thriller and that was like that was how quick the process was and like they heard bad taste on a spotify radio so like that's how important it is to release your music on spotify they got us our record deal just from the algorithm by chance but yeah it was we were one of the few bands releasing music it stood out there was even though it was like home recorded and stuff i still think it sounded incredible the, the, all the guys who worked on the the mixing were were like jim and seb like just absolutely killed it they made it sound huge and it was recorded in a bedroom and in an old like council house that is our studio like our studio is is right on a main road and it used to be hourly band practice rooms and my old band used to record like uh, band practice there back in the day and it would have you know like the shittest marshall half stack in the corner and like the broken pearl drum kit <laughs> and we would um we now have like the room that we used to practice in for like 10 pound an hour we have that is our like our our room and we have 24 hour access to it and even though there's no windows it still feels very cozy and comfortable when you're you're in it for like 10 hours or 16 hours writing a song you know yeah and it just kind of brings that familiarity to it but kind of just going back to what you had said when it came to the covid coming through and kind of forcing you guys to slow down and not rush yourselves to try and become that like just rush to get be the best that you possibly rush to get all this stuff out it gave you guys this chance to pull back and really refine your skills refine your song refine everything so that when you were ready to release it it would stand out especially as everyone was still you know even in the whole entire music industry recording stuff from home and trying to find ways to if they hadn't recorded new music already to how can we get more new music out to the world especially at a time where we were just all waiting for stuff. So when you were able to create that stuff and really put it out there and have it be visually appealing, especially from a music video sense, of course it's going to end up being something where you guys took the time, you guys made sure it was right. And when it came to growing as a band, especially getting your start during that time, it allowed you guys to really understand how each other works and mesh so that by the time that fourth song came out and Thriller ended up finding it on a random Spotify, ah, is it Spotify, Spotify playlist, and then end up, okay, now we, like, we're interested. We want to sign you guys, especially as I've seen all the Thriller bands that have come through. I'm just like, this just keeps getting better and better. And I'm always curious. It's like I'm trying to figure out, especially with every single band that I've been able to interview from Thriller, it's, there is, I know there's a commonality in there in what they're seeing. I just can't put my finger on it yet. But understanding yeah, totally. just... I know exactly what you mean, isn't it? It's like everybody sounds different, but they're all the same the same kind of vibe there's like an there's like an energy about it or like you know there's there's you know we're this we're the smallest band by like you know some degree like Mm -hmm. we're fortunate enough to be on the same level as some like really really sick big artists like the word alive and that coming onto is so sick Mm -hmm. and like yeah it's there's the it's like it's that it's that emotion it's what we're talking about it's the vibe it's what it makes you feel like all of them kind of make you feel the same thing don't they it's they don't make you it's i don't think they make you feel the same thing but 
there's a certain positivity that gets felt mm. through there because I'm taking a look at the ones, like you said, with The Word Alive. It's The Word Alive is probably the most well-known band that's currently on Philly's roster, as I have pulled it up for this specific reason. But you listen to The Word Alive and you feel some sort of positivity from the scene a little bit in the like a little bit more times in the past. Rain City Drive is on there as well. And this their style of music gets there is some interesting kind of positivity with even some of the sadder stuff they do. Outline and color can bring the like more of the intensity. But I don't know what there's a draw there. There's but then you've you got, also got a void as well because a void are just like I was gonna, you just can't help but just be like I was know, gonna end like, with them. You're totally stoked as soon as you start listening to them. They're so fucking sick. I was like, I was gonna end with a void because I was gonna do you guys and catch your breath, and I was gonna end with a void because with a void, it's I, I describe it as it's literally like if you just like it's like if you're going to a show, it's like the energy you get from like that like soaring cocaine, it's like I'm ready to go do this shit. <laughs> a boy just brings like it's the it's it's so positive, but it's such this intensely happy energy that when you get to go and hear their music and then see them live, I don't know how to describe it outside of like I mean, there's many ways to describe it, but it's just so cool. But they had that uh, I think it was like the Sirius FM live video thing. And I watched that a good few times, like full volume in our studio, like blasting it. Just like these guys absolutely bang, like just so heavy. Like is I've got like a really specific taste when it comes to heavy music and like when it's got singing in it, like you know exactly what I mean when it's like there's like sick stuff and then there's like this I don't I don't even mean it in a negative way because it's just like it's not my taste. It's not that mm-hmm. I don't think it's bad, but it's like the rise records kind of like <laughs> like really yeah. like eh, like in between like you know like and I think that there needs to be like like the avoid vocals are like you know like they're really like impassioned and like they're there and they go with it. It's like architects as well, you know, it's like like those very powerful vocals. It's not just like one minute we've got like, you know, like demons, you know, like yeah. And then the next minute, it's just like, yeah, I was just like, nah. it's like it's too much of a contrast. Like, there's in in my mind, like when you're writing songs, there's like these invisible rules that sort of like you understand them when you're writing them. Like the same band can write different kinds of songs, and those rules, like sort of like, they're what make them sound like the same band, even though there's like different kind of sounds going on with it. You know what I mean? And like. Like even a band as weird as like Enter Shikari, who you know they introduce, you know we abuse music's worthless boundaries and all that. Like I think that's cool, but there's always something that makes it sound like an Enter Shikari song, and like more often than not, it's like a voice or like this this style of guitar playing and stuff like that. But the voice usually does always tie it together. But like, I suppose that's a bad example because they could literally like release anything, and you'd be like, yeah, cool. Like that's yeah. that's a, that's one of this that's a song you guys would write. You know, it's uh, yeah, bad example. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you're looking, for, but, I say if you're looking for a good example of a band where it's like the like the the voice is not like the signature style when you think of them. I mean, I'm gonna be going a little bit older than what we're used to, but I mean, it absolutely fits Van Halen. You think yeah, about, totally. I mean, they they work with David Lee Roth, they work with, worked with Sammy Hagar very well for both of them. But it's well, what was the thing you remember? You remember Eddie Van Halen's guitar tone? You remember that was such a signature? That was the band's signature was yeah. how he played that guitar. Totally, totally. I mean, like, how many good instances have there been of bands who, when they lose their singer, they, like, they continue on in, like, the same way that they were, like... It's, it's not easy. You, you, you don't you don't want to be tight in, like, the analyzing of it, but, like, like a band like Of Mice and Men, 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like their singer leaves, like they're still going strong as a band, like Fair Fox, you know. It's uh it's pretty interesting. Like they were they were one of my favorite bands when I was growing up, like when I was like sort of like I think it was like sixteen when they started. And I remember really, really liking that first album, like play it on guitar all the time. I used to play in metal bands. Like I was in like metalcore bands when I was like between like sixteen and like twenty two. That was my that was my goal. And um yeah, Mice and Men were like one of the bands that I really liked and like would absolutely rip off, you know, like all the time, like everyone done. Because everyone fucking sounded exactly the same at that point anyway. But like you know, <laughs> yep. like one one guy starts a new band and then like as it ended up turning out, it gave like so many people like different music careers in different ways. But then like the initial guys who are in it, there's like what, two guys from the semi original lineup. Mm. And then it's just it's 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 where you see how much of it is just like a business because like there's there's money making potential there. So they go out, but it's like, you know, if it was in the name of art, it would be like, right, well now it's time to like close this one down. Yeah. And like start something fresh. You know, I mean, and I think that like I don't think there's any reason to be scared of that. Like I think that you're all you always are what you wear. But like, you know, go find something that's like who who you are now as well. You know, what I mean like it's so many bands have done that. Oh yeah. So many do- bands so many bands didn't need to do it. Some people would disagree, like, you know, like a band like Guns N' Roses going out there and still playing gigs when Axl Rose literally sounds like he's dying on stage. And then like, you know, but then you've got Metallica who go out there and like, I still think that they fucking rock. You know, like I think that they're really, really good. We were we were at the studio the other night and we were watching some, um, what's his name again? The American uh, um, radio DJ does all the, the 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 dodgy interviews you know like he's always dead pushy he's got the sunglasses oh howard uh howard stern howard stern that's him yeah yeah, yeah. and he got it he had like, he has bands play live on it but like it's super transparent it's not like it doesn't feel like super mixed it's pretty much like you know they've got all the mics on like no no mm-hmm. fucking mixing really going on whatsoever and then it just gets broadcast out as if it was like the, the microphone that you're talking into right now and we watched the chilies and they were like fine bit dry not really like a lot going on like they were playing under the bridge as well so it was like, kind of sluggish and slow and then we watched green day you know like my you know the, the start of the journey and it was american idiot that we watched and it sounded okay but then we watched metallica and they were doing puppets full like not like the, the shortened down version like the full version of puppets live on the radio and like just from the get-go just like lars Ulrich playing the drums it was just like like they are the best they're the best at what they do. Like every time somebody says to me, who's your favorite band? And it's like, I don't even like them for the songs. I don't even know that many songs, but just for how good as a band they are, who do I think the best band ever are is Metallica. Definitely. I mean, that, that, that says it, but it also kind of speaks to kind of something I want to go back to. It was kind of like, again, going back to the whole entire thing with Thriller Records with all the bands that are on there. It's, I don't know what it is, but it's just when you listen to those bands and especially the bands that are continuing to, stay so prominent and it's even if their music even if there's like doing a lot of stuff that you would kind of expect them to do the ones that continue to just keep building and building there's some sort of freshness that is there where it just keeps wanting you to come back from where you know what you're going to get but i'm also curious to see what else is going to be coming out in the next time as well mm-hmm. like with metallica it's yeah they're all like they sound good they're always really tight except for maybe the saint anger snare right that's always what i'm going to pull out as like a little uh Mate, out of- that album is incredible let's not let's not let one tiny thing hold it back it's a tight it's a tiny little thing you know it's just the snare sound 
like frantic is an <laughs> unbelievable tune unbelievable tune I can I can almost have to bring that up, but kind of just think about some of the other bands too. It's like as they continue to, even if they have their own craft and they have their their style honed in, it's there's always this added freshness of you know what might be able to come next is what it gives them that longevity. Look at Bring Me the Horizon. There's still that freshness that was, there. That was the band that I was going to bring up in response to what you're saying there. A hundred percent. Like oh. every single album is a progression from the last one. You can link all the albums together, mm-hmm. but when you take like you know, count your blessings and then put it against that's the spirit. It's like, that's mental that that's the same yeah. band. You can go on the journey. Like some people, obviously, if you start like the most recent and work your way back, there's a very obvious point where they're going to go, I'm out. And that's the, yeah. that's obvious. And like, again, it's like understanding longevity to your career. It's understanding the progression of your career as well. It's like looking back on these massive, massive bands, like, you know, Metallica, Guns N' Roses and all that, like, there is still a beginning point to all these bands' careers. Like, there's very few bands that are just like immediately. It's just like, right, cool. We wrote an album. Now we're playing arenas. Like, that's a very rare occurrence. And like, it's exactly what we're talking about. It takes time for these bands to do it. The reason that these bands are so big and able to do it is because they've been doing it for so long that it, like, like the the uh, the snowball effect of like continuing touring, going out, releasing music. It will always add to that mass. Yeah. Like, if it's even even if it isn't that good, you know, because it's always like to the well, but that's like me subjectively thinking of like bands who have done that. Like, one of my favorite bands growing up was Biffy Clyro. I do not really listen to a lot of Biffy Clyro albums anymore because it's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. But anytime I listen to the records that came out, like Puzzle came out in two thousand and seven, I saw them at the Barrowlands on the Puzzle tour when I was like thirteen years old like squashed up at the front of the venue and like it's like those are like life-changing moments but like they're not in my day-to-day anymore you know like that everybody moves on and stuff like that but like that that will always be important to me but their new stuff will never have that kind of importance to me you know what i mean i did hear apparently though that when you're like as a guy between the ages of like 13 and 14 the music that you listen to if if music is the thing that like gets you, because some people it doesn't, but if music is the thing that gets you, whatever you listen to there has the same like addictive qualities that cocaine has. It's like the same receptors in your brain. So when you get it, it gives you that feeling. And when you listen to it, it gives you that buzz. And a hundred percent, like you listen to songs, like when I'm at work, like some people will put on songs that I've not heard in ages because you just don't think about it. It's like the, the paralysis of choice. Like you go on Spotify, I can listen to any song ever. I can't think of a mm-hmm. single one. Like it's somebody puts it on and then all of a sudden, you know, every single word, even though it's been like, you know, 10, 15 years since you've heard the song, like it stays with you. Like everybody moves along with that on that journey. Everybody stays in certain places. Some people go with it. If they like love the artist and the vibe is what they're about. And like, I think that's when you know you've made it when it's like, you know, I like your first EP and you're like on your fifth album, you know, you're like, yeah, cool. Nice, you know, it's like you've changed, yeah. man. It's like awesome. Like we progressed, we've done something. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I guess it needs to go hand in hand, though. If it's like when you released your first album and you, if you were playing in an arena and then you're releasing your your fifth and you know you're playing at like a small club, maybe it's like oh, we changed. <laughs> Should have went back to it, but you know, it's always pretty good. I kind of just had a revelation when you were talking about that, and it finally clicks to me where why I think like a lot of these bands around Thrill Records, including yourself why there's why there's so why there's a connection to them and why i'm stuck on them and it was something that you said when you're talking about 
as especially from guys, it's like you said between 13 and 14, it's the bands that listen to the music that has an addictive quality. And I'm thinking back to, okay, what music did I listen to when I was 13, 14? What music do I listen to now? Music I listened to when I was 13, 14, like I was big on like Disturbed, Linkin Park. So those are influencing me, but I don't listen to them that much on my day to day. There's one band I continue to listen to on my day to day that I loved when I was 13 or 14. It's not my shirt. It's Rise Against. Now I listen to a shit ton of metalcore too, but that's always continued to be there. But there's an evolution that happened there where if you're, if someone's going to go and play Indestructible by a server, if I'm going to get to go to see Hollywood Undead perform live and they're going to play Coming In Hot, I'm going to have a fucking blast and enjoy every bit of it. I'm still going to not, I might not listen to them as much as I used to, but there's still that feeling of like, I love listening to this stuff, but maybe I'm just not into them as much anymore. I listen to more of the metalcore stuff that's coming out now. Like I'm, I love Bring Me the Horizon. I'm super big into like Ice Nine Kills, We Came as Romans. But mm. there is something I've kind of just picked up on where when I'm thinking about the bands from Thriller, when I'm thinking about Avoid, Catch Your Breath, You Guys and Happy Days, when I'm thinking about All In and Color, Rain City Drive, and The Word Alive, and I'm, I'm using those six as the example. What I'm thinking about there is what is something that is just like that connectivity that brings to the point where you guys are just like fantastic bands, but there's also this feeling of like longevity that's going to happen there. And it's there's this equality in the music where – us that have gone past that 13 to 14 year old range it's we know what it's like to grow with certain bands and bands that we like bands we don't like kind of just again or bands we don't aren't into as much anymore but there's a connectivity there where we can get that feeling of we get a little bit of that taste of what it was like to be 13 or 14 when we first hear you know first year happy as we get that feeling of like okay this it's a it's fresh but it kind of has this little bit of a nostalgic kick to it back to like mm. those that 2000s pop punk that might like avoid we get we go back to like you know what we feel like you know if we're just going absolutely ape crazy maybe doing the stupidest shit we ever did with all the energy in the world it kind of gives a little bit of a kickback to that but it's still so fresh to the point where we enjoy that but we're always we're going to be along with these bands for the long term and it just like struck a chord with me where I'm like and it just for all of us that are past that age, but for those of us that are might be at that age, for people that are at that 13, 14, 15, 16 year old age, listening to these bands, it's they have that feeling of that energy, that passion, that connectivity to the point where they can listen to them and have that moment where it's like now these bands are gonna be the ones that they connect with, where maybe 10 years down the line, 12 years down the line. They might like the first couple albums or first couple EPs, whatever it is, but then they might, oh, I'm not as into it as much anymore. But when you hear something like you guys, all of a sudden, maybe in 12, 15 years, there's a kid that's 13 years old. He'll be 28 in 15 years, kind of just sitting around at work. And all of a sudden, Cool Blue comes on his, in, his head, in his headphones. And all of a sudden, everything just starts coming back. And for those couple of minutes, even if he gets having the worst day, this immense feeling of positivity and happiness is coming back because... You remember is just how good mm. the band that he loved at some point in time was and still is, even if he's not as it connected definitely to is like It definitely is like a load of memories. Like the old band that I was in, you know, we, we didn't do anything crazy. We released like, what, but before I was like in the band, two EPs, and then by the time I was in the band, we'd done an album together. And like, it's so funny, like when it's like every now and again, someone will be like, Oh, were you in that band? He's like, yeah, yeah. And then like, they sing one of your songs at you and like laugh about it and that. And it's just like, yeah, that's that's good stuff. You know, like that's what it's about. And like you associate it with like that was that summer in 2019, like mm -hmm. where like we felt like rock stars and we got to like travel for like two months. And like it was so funny when like when you get to do it and you get to go out and like in particular the UK and like European scene is that 
so many people have this idea that it's like, you know, you've got to break into this like big circuit of people and like, how do you tap into them all? Everyone knows everyone. They're all at the same shows. They all travel to the same shows. They all like, there's people who get their dads to drive like them and like two of their friends to like a show 500 miles away. And then the dad goes and gets like, you know, a burger and a cup of coffee and then drives them back after the show. <laughs> and like, you know, we would chat to the, like these parents like after shows, but they're like, they're standing like a wee bit away and like, they would say that. They'd be like, your dad's here. And they'd be like, yo, how's it going? Like, yeah, yeah, how you doing? Like, give the dad a t-shirt and that kid's just waiting there for five, like, you know, five hours for the show. And he's just like, you're a legend, man. That's awesome. And they just like, they're always just like, you know, in some cases you're in like super rural parts of like Germany. And these guys don't speak any English. And we've got like the strongest Scottish accent, like, the hardest accent ever. And they're just like, cool, rock, you know? And it's just like, yes, like, love it. And it's just like so many of those really fun experiences, like... It's amazing. It's amazing. We went on a, the craziest thing that we'd done was we went on a two week tour or it was, it was like two, three weeks somewhere like uh, through all of Europe with Mill and Colin. Um, do you know Mill and Colin? I get, I've heard the name. I've probably heard one or two songs I'm in the so past, but nothing's right. They're, they're, they're the generation before us, man. They're the band that like inspired the early 2000s pop punk. You know what I mean? Like, My Chemical Romance opened for them back in the day. And they were on Tony Hawk's Pro Skater too. And it was just like this completely random opportunity for us to get to go out with this band who have been there and done it. Get like thousands of people come to their shows. And they were just like, yeah, yeah, we like this band. You can come out and do that. And then getting to go see that, just like that crazy experience of like, this is, this is like punk rock shows that are, 40 year old guys still at it still like what like the whole way through the show you know people are having a little mosh but when that tony hawk song came on man every single night it was like the, the energy was at like you know seven eight like the whole through the show and then all of a sudden it's at a hundred like the riff is blown off like absolutely like mad energy and just like getting to see that and know that like if you give it like enough you can go and you can go do it it's like it makes it worthwhile it definitely makes it worthwhile because like we got to talk to them and like they still play in the band they go on tour for a couple of months of the year but all of them have like businesses and mm -hmm. families and other jobs because it's like life goes on and it's like being able to like intertwine the two of them together that's like that's that's, that's the stage that we're at in our lives right now you know like we can't dedicate every single second to it at the moment because we have like real lives that we want to do. We give everything that we can. It's our dream. It's what we want to be doing. We want to be going out and playing shows and traveling and, you know, writing music and doing what we're doing right now. Like, you know, I'm in an Airbnb in the middle of England just now. Like it's, it's, this is what it's about, you know, like it's, it's awesome. Um, I'm excited to go on that journey of like, you know, in 10, 15 years time, like where did it go? you know oh and yeah I, if so and if somebody does go you know like i can't this reminded me of when i was like such and such years old and now i'm now this like if i read that comment at some point in my life i'll be like sick you know yeah, it's, oh, it's yeah. already enough where it's already like absolutely mental to me seeing people who like like i remember writing these songs like in my in my house and people are like singing along to them and like you know a thousand miles away from my house and like People are covering them on base in Japan, and like, yeah, and it's it's just like it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. It's so different releasing music now as to what it was like when all the people who we look up to did. It's it's so connected, like everything.
it's it's a bit like it's intimidating, you know. It's intimidating to just see how it's like you give it out and it's just it's not yours anymore. It's everyone's. Yeah, it's, it doesn't have that slower release process based on the fact that you put it out online and everyone's able to access it at any given moment. However, mm. it's that connectivity that can make those things just magical. Because again, no, absolutely. If, yeah. if you're if you're playing a live show and all of a sudden the energies, you know, everyone's at like a seven or an eight, and all of a sudden that one song that everyone knows, whether you're forty years old or whether you're fifteen, and all of a sudden everyone's into it. I mean, that's a moment in time where. You're never going to forget what happened when all of a sudden totally you saw man. some 15-year-olds and some 40-year-olds go at it the pit with each other at the exact same time, and everyone was overly happy. Like I can genuinely, like <laughs> genuinely still remember those moments from like 15 years ago, being like 13 years old, in the pit for like Enter Shikari, and like they played Saw You're Not a Winner. You know what I mean? And like everyone, like the entire room was a circle pit, and I remember just standing in the middle and being like, I'm going to die. I am like you know I'm I'm 13 years old like there's just these big huge dudes I'm just like yeah everyone waiting to do the fucking claps you know and like, I still remember it clear as day and like yeah that is I think that's I don't know what it is that like when you're like going to play a show and like people come off and go like you know like oh yeah that was that was amazing but like when you watch a band and particularly from like the side of the stage and you can really like feel the energy of a show like that where there's hundreds of people screaming that like their song lyrics back mm-hmm. to them it's it's amazing to see it's amazing to see like the way that people like when you when you're at a band's last show and you see people like pouring tears like pouring tears and like the band are pouring tears and like you feel the emotions as well because you're like yeah these guys have made the same sacrifices as i have throughout my whole life and that as well like it's it's such an emotional journey being in a band all of it's emotional like it's all about these big emotional guys going out and writing emotional songs with each other you know it's funny yeah and kind of just bring it all kind of bring it all the way back to kind of what we started talking about originally with you know songwriting we're talking about connecting that emotion there and you figuring out Mm. you know listening to music listening to whatever demos you're working on listening to different guitar riffs and listening to different patterns and just how am i going to put these emotions there how does it sound like you know how what might be be inspired by i mean it's you're seeing that connectivity especially when People are at those live shows, and like I said, on those some bands when they're playing their farewell shows, and you see people that have, like they they've loved the band for years, they've listened to the band consistently, but they've never maybe have even met the band before in real life. They're not connecting mm-hmm. these people. You're always still gonna have the music recorded, but you feel such a passion to it, you feel such a connectivity to it, where it's like that you're just letting it all out at that same point in time. You're you're mm-hmm. so connected emotionally. So even in live shows, you know maybe it's the like I think about the first time I like like after COVID going down to Chicago to see Rise Against for the first time since COVID. I was at a buddy's bachelor party and I left it early because I'm like, no, I bought tickets for this. I'm going. Going down to the show was happy as all hell to be there. All of a sudden, I'm waiting, just watching. I'm in the middle of pit having a blast. Rise Against on stage, and I'm seeing again. I'm seeing 15 year olds in the pit. I'm like, this is cool. You know, I'm seeing people that are like my age when I got into this stuff. They're in the pit with me as well. And then I see some 40 and 50 year old guys jump in there like they had been doing when like when they were my age, when the band first had started. I'm like, this is this is really like this is awesome. It's so like emotionally connected. And when they end the set, too, it's just they're playing their savior. I'm just like, I'm just feeling it. And there's nothing Mm. better in that moment when you're so emotionally like emotionally in sync with a band at the same time as well, where you're feeling every emotion they're feeling on stage you're you're just that that trade is just keeps happening and those are the moments at live shows where 
when a band is giving it their all and you can feel it and you're giving your all to them and it's just that connectivity is there, you remember those moments from the moment it happens until the day you're no longer here with us. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And like, I think everyone's just chasing those moments in some way or another. Like that that feeling of like, it's, it's where else do you get it? Like where else do you actually get it than when you're in like a room of like thousands of people? I remember when I was when I was younger, I saw the Rolling Stones, and like, I think the crowd capacity was like eighty thousand people or something like that. And when they played "Paint It Black," everybody just like was humming there. That is just as tribal. It's so so like it's just that like you feel it and and you're just like you're there and you're like part of it and like you're going with the rhythm yeah. of it. You know, it's like the beating on the chest thing, and it's like you're just like you're you're in it. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? And it's like when everybody's in it together, it's like just an energy there and like that feeling as well. Like I don't I don't know if you've heard of the venue the Barrowlands in Glasgow, but like apparently it's known as the second best music venue in the world, next to Madison Square Garden. And the floor is like a trampoline. So when you've got when you've got like it's like it just feels like that. So when you've got like two thousand people on it, it just feels like it's bouncing and everybody's <laughs> bouncing at the same time. And like I remember so many gigs being in there and just being in the middle of that pit and the crush and like everybody's just like, you know, moving from side to side, like your feet aren't on the ground. Like it's so mental, it's so unsafe, but like everybody's like, you know, there like looking out for each other. It's like it's so funny how it was almost like there was a period of time where gigs were getting so crazy. As far as I was aware, I remember it being like they were just getting crazier and crazier and crazier. And it was like the mantra of the shows was like, you know, like it, that was when it really became like, pick everybody back up, you know, like don't fucking like let people die. Don't let people like get trampled on. I guess it's always been there, but like, I just remember shows being gentler and then just all of a sudden getting really, really crazy. <laughs> it was just like at the advent of like the fucking, the bell on a ride symbol and like a China or something like that. You know, it was just like, like look after each other. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's, yeah, that, yeah. I know I gotta go to that venue, man. Holy shit, there's gonna be a. I just feel like it's gonna bounce. That is nuts. But you're, yeah, so you're you talking about to Scotland. Do it around the time where you can get to a gig at the Barrowlands. That'll be. Oh, a, oh, I'm a going to. Oh, I'm going to. But just the one last thing was, uh, you when you brought up the whole entire thing with uh, Rolling Stones, Painted Black, and everyone humming, and it's like it's those moments and those moments where everyone is connected. You don't forget those. And I will say this to anyone, if you're trying to like, okay, what does that moment actually feel like? If you want to see what that moment feels like, and I've only ever found one recorded video that actually can show this. And I'm going to go back to Bring Me the Rise once again, because they did it. They're Mm. live at Royal Albert Hall. Watch the video they do for Shadow Moses. Because Mm. when they hit the bridge, the entire orchestra, the entire hall, everybody that's in there. I think the only person that does not scream out, this is Semper Journal, with all these medals, the only person that doesn't say anything is Ollie. Everyone mm. else takes it and you can feel it even if you're just watching on your phone. Like yeah, totally those man. moments are ridiculous to have. And going forward, I mean, you guys, again, you guys are still, you've had like what, one run really through the UK and through Europe. But the just the feeling of your songs, like there's those connectivity points there. You guys mm. have it. Like you guys have that fresh feeling that's going to hit on so many different ideas and so many different people. When, I really hope so, man. It's like, going to hit. It's going to hit. I do feel there's so much potential in it. Like, we've worked really, really hard on it. I'd love to, I'd love to know what's, what people think. And I think that it's like, it's intention is to make you feel good when you listen to it. 
not to make it's like your the intention is like more than anything it's like the reason i listen to music i'm not sitting like really focusing on like a deep philosophical meaning on the lyrics like every single song that i'm listening to you know sometimes i just want to listen to a song the melody's catchy and it gets stuck in my head and the beat's really cool and then i'm just like oh that sounds great when i turn it up loud it's got really bassy you know <laughs> sometimes that's what it comes down to but then at the other points it's like you can dive deep into it and you can like you can find a meaning you can find a purpose in the song and you can find something that resonates with you i think they're all like super relatable talking points it's just like it's songs about how what i've went through in my life it's songs about how i feel yeah. i don't i don't feel so there's mo- like really like a story or anything going on it's just like it's all about feeling it's about it's about the emotions it's about like the ride of life you know it's yeah anyone anyone can resonate yeah, even like I'm going to a wedding this weekend for one or the weekend after we choose for my cousin. I might listen to Cool Blue all the way down there and just start to like feel good about it. Just like, you know what? Feeling good today. Just going to have some good times. Nice. Like, I'm well, you'll like, have, play uh, my, you'll have faded out as well, man. And uh, have... my favorite comment that I got about that song was from uh, Alex from Rome. Uh, Alex Adam. There's like nine Alexes in that band. Um, he, uh, he was listening to the start of it and then he was just like, I feel like I'm at a spa. <laughs> I, was like, a, I was like, amazing. That's great. So you've got that to look forward to. I'll I got that to look forward to. Just vibing, having a good time. And all of a sudden, right away, I'm like, I feel like I'm in a spa right now. This is nice. Yeah, yeah. This so, is yeah, really yeah. nice. Blast, blast it in the sauna, you know. Oh, in the sauna? Oh my God, I'll do that on Friday <laughs> when it comes out. Because I'll, be, I'll go to the gym and I'll blast it in the sauna. And all the old guys will probably be like, what the heck are you doing in there? And be like, I'm having a good time, man. Trust They'll me. They'll be on it as well, man. They'll be on it as well. They'll just feel the energy. We'll turn, yeah, there. have them feel the energy. Well, Luke, as we bring this podcast to its conclusion, one thing I'd like to do is give my guests, which is you in this chance, a chance to say whatever you want to say, plug whatever you want to plug, promote whatever you want to promote the other podcast. So, Luke, the floor is yours. I'd love to be, like, cool enough and to just be, like, you know, like, just, like, we're all just in it together, but you know, like go listen to Happy Days, listen to our, uh, listen to what we've got. I think that there's something for everybody in what we're releasing. We're in the middle of releasing what is our best music, and uh, I'm really, really proud of it. I hope that if you find something in it, that you reach out and let us know, and hopefully we get to come by anywhere and everywhere to play a show. And if we do, come and see us, mosh in the pit. Oh, look yeah. after each other, you know. <laughs> look after each other. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now it's time for me to end this podcast with three things. So first things first, like Luke said, the band is releasing what is like their best music, but I'm going to change it and say their best music so far because there's a long career ahead for Happy Days and you're going to want to be a part of it too, especially making sure you listen to Faded, which will be out by the time this podcast releases and to listen to everything else that Happy Days has to offer. Plus, you're going to be ready for when they go out and play on the road and they're coming to an area near you. So what are you going to do? You're going to go to the script of the podcast down below right now, whether you're on Spotify or YouTube or whatever it is. And it's going to say, find Happy Days online. There's going to be labels for everywhere you can find them, social media-wise, YouTube, where you can stream music, buy music, download music, buy some merch, buy contracts, all that stuff. Then there's also going to be labels there as well, or on those labels. Then there's going to be links. The links are going to take you right to that place. So just click the link, follow, share, subscribe, buy, listen, stream, whatever it is. That's how you stay in touch with the band. I got you all the way there. I have to just click the link and hit the like button and you are all set. Now it is time for number two. So Luke, whenever guest in the podcast, I tend to make a certain promise as a way to say thank you for being on the podcast. And I like to continue to support the band in any way that I possibly can. 
And everyone I've pretty much ever had in the podcast has hit on this promise. And every Thriller Records band has also hit on this pot, part of the podcast. You, my friend, are continuing this trend. So it's not a promise of if. If implies this might not happen. So fuck that. I say when. When implies this is going to happen. We just don't have a date or time yet. So when I get to see Happy Days perform live for the first time, whether it's over here in the U.S. by me or whether I finally get to go back over to Europe and just start going around all these different countries and seeing every all these different bands every single night for like three weeks, whatever it is, I will look for you. I will find you. And the first round's on me. Oh, man. Absolutely. And the second one's on us, 100%. And the third and the fourth and the fifth and sixth and seventh. All of <laughs> we'll just keep going back and forth and we'll have a blast <laughs> with it. Awesome. So now it's time for number three. And Luke, I don't like to end this podcast by saying goodbye. Goodbye is way too final. And I made a promise to you that I'm going to see you live at some point. The first round's going to be on me. On top of that, is this the only time I ever want to have you and Happy Days on the podcast? <laughs> the answer to that is no. I'd love to have you back on in the future once again. Possibly Absolutely, next year to man. kind of take a look and see what the hell all happened in 2023. And yeah, let's see what happened. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, we'll do it. We could just do like a year thing. It's like, okay, what happened with Happy Days the past year? Well, we'll just keep looking. Mm. We'll look forward. We'll just keep you having these all up, all these updates. I love doing that with bands. And I think we just got another one right here with you guys. So 100%, happy man, about 100%. that. Well, Luke, then I, as we bring this podcast, uh, podcast to a conclusion, saying goodbye is not the way to go about it. I'm going to say, <clears throat> I'll see you later. I'll see you soon, dude. Thank you so much. Good to speak to you. Well, well, folks, this is my interview with Luke from the band Happy Days out of Edinburgh, Scotland, the United Kingdom. And now it is time for Kevin's final thought. Where do I actually start with a final thought for this one? This one is, this one was ridiculous. First off, I want to thank Luke for even coming on the podcast. We record this podcast. We started at midnight local time for him when we record this. That was 6 p.m. for me. So, that was something when it came to just, okay, I love the dedication. I want to thank him for that. But really what it comes down to with this podcast that my final thought is just when it, we were talking about music, just his ideas around there, just wanting to connect with people, talking about the emotion, the way that he connects emotion with music, with his, and then hearing it's, you know, how his music has impacted maybe some people, but also how music from his past has impacted him. Here we talk about Of Mice and Men, the Rolling Stones painted black thing. We're talking about Bring Me the Horizon, talking about Metallica, just hearing the connectivity there and related to his music. Again, go back to the story you told about where, I can't remember the band name, but it was the one from Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, that they were, you know, everyone at the show from ages like 45 to 15, even though I went in reverse order on that one. We're just enjoying the music. And then when the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 song came on, the energy just went absolutely nuts. That's what I like about Happy Days because they bring that positivity, that connection to their music, even with that like 2000s pop punk influence. But they have this like modern feel to it where it sounds super duper fresh with whatever you listen to, but it makes you feel happy, makes you feel good, it makes you vibe with it. There's a freshness to where I'm like, this band can definitely go places, along with a lot of the other thriller bands as well. Remember, I said, avoid, catch your breath, the word alive, who are still trying to bring on the podcast, Rain City Drive, Outline in Color, and of course, Happy Days as well. This one, man, Luke's got it, man. Luke's got the mindset, and the pandemic really slowing them down in terms of not rushing their stuff out there really, really, really helped. I must say that. This was... This this was one I think I don't know why I'm I'm feeling more connected to this episode maybe more than some of the other ones that I've done recently. I mean, I love the one we did with Rose Colored World. I absolutely love the one we did with Patient Sixty Seven. 
the one we did with Lucretia. I mean, Lucrezia. I can't believe I set up. But this one just sticks out in some different way emotionally. Like, I'm much more connected to Happy Days now than I don't think I ever possibly could have been. Just from this interview. But then listening to music, I'm like, it, it's, it all makes sense. I just feel good listening to their stuff. That's it. And I'm talking to Luke like, I'm, I'm just positive right now. I feel as positive as I normally do, like when I'm just listening to music and in the present moment having a good time. This was... This one was something that was purely incredible. I absolutely loved it. And now you're going to want to follow along with Happy Days too. So go to the description of the podcast. You're going to find where it says find Happy Days online. There's going to be links and labels for everything for them. So you can follow them on social media, watch their YouTube videos, buy some merch, buy concert tickets for them, go stream their music, and make sure, like even said concert tickets, go see them play live. Definitely worth it. I am saying it, even though I've never seen them live yet, but please go and do so if they're an area near you. Also, please make sure to follow along with the Core Progression Podcast. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok for your viewing pleasure for social media stuff. Again, all a bunch of little short-form content, some fun stuff. You can connect with us on there. We talk to everyone all the time. And Instagram live streams Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Central, unless something happens, like if I'm going to a concert on Wednesday night and Kevin's got to go smashy, smashy. Please make sure to hit that follow button if you're on YouTube or, sub- or subscribe button on YouTube or follow if you're on Spotify, Podcast, or Amazon. Please go do that right now because you're not going to miss out on more of these Core Progression Podcast interviews. It is your gateway to new rock and metal music. Don't miss out on it. Also want to thank Phoenix Fitness. Remember, 20% off. And, yep, 20% off. Use the code CPP20. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness. Uh, tongue-tied. This is what happens when you do two straight podcasts in a row after a long, full day of work and working out and waking up at 4.30 in the morning because it's like 8 p.m. right now, and I'm like, la, 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 la. But we still bring in the energy. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Luke, once again, man. This was awesome. I cannot wait to have you on the podcast again in... Maybe at the end of the year, maybe 2024, because we got to do this every year, man. This was a lot of fun. So on that note, that's going to be it for me, guys. Thank you for watching listening to the Chord Progression Podcast, the gateway to new rock and metal music. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one of the big, healthy, and hearty. See y'all!